Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wilderness Voice. On this episode of the podcast, we discuss in length the ideas and people surrounding the ministry of Jesus, as well as the Protestant Reformation later in history. By doing this, we can draw similarities and differences between the organized religions of these historical settings and the ones that exist today. We then will tie our discussion into a question that will serve as the overarching tone of the episode, and that is whether or not Jesus was political. All of this and more on the latest installment of Wilderness Voice. Hey, it's good to be back recording. Uh, we're recording from parts unknown and somewhat still free Texas. Uh, this discussion has got a lot to it. Uh, we may be, we're going to have multiple parts to this. However, they probably won't all be back to back. But uh, yeah, we're going to start today with, it's actually the ministry of Jesus. And, and the first question that we're going to delve into today is, was Jesus political? Now, if you watch the news today, uh, and, and that was your only description of Jesus, then you would probably say, yeah, Jesus was political. However, uh, there's nowhere in the Bible that where Jesus either took part in nor spoke about politics. As a matter of fact, one of the accusations that they leveled at him was that you say you're a king. And he said, no, you say I'm a king. They asked him, so you're a king? He goes, no, you say I'm a king. So uh, I think it'd be really interesting, uh, especially in the political climate that we have today, even if you try to escape it, you pretty much can't escape it because it's everywhere. So as we get into this, uh, I'd like to go to actually where I think this statement's, you know, probably the most pronounced. And it, it's when they gave the, the people a choice of who they could free Barabbas or Jesus, who did the people choose? It was, it was the time of the year to where Passover was upon them, and it was customary for them to be able to set someone free. And when they were given the choice, they chose Barabbas. Now, he was a very interesting person in Scripture. Uh, a lot of people are taught that he was a murderer, he was a criminal, he was these multiple different things, and I'm not saying that he wasn't, but if you delve really in and really study, what was he, Elijah? Uh, I'm trying to think of a... He was a, more of like a, a, a guy that would go around inciting riots anti-government uh, uh, a leader of, of, of people with anti-government sentiments he was he was a he was a rebel rouser he was a revolutionary he was uh, always at war with the Roman government and their control over Jerusalem and the and the people so when, when you look at they chose him uh, one let's get this clear Jesus was a co-conspirator in his own death. He had to die to pay that penalty. And we're trying to look at this in not such a preachy manner, but a practical manner. So yeah. he had to die. You know, for years the Jewish people were persecuted by different denominations, and they would say, well, you know, the Jews, they're who killed Jesus. Well, they did, but however... Actually, the Romans killed Jesus, but the Jews wanted him dead as well. But Jesus was a co-conspirator. So when we get to Barabbas, look at this. It makes it a little more interesting. He was fighting a common enemy that nobody liked that was Jewish, uh, except for maybe the higher up in the priesthood. They really didn't like him, but they liked the power that was afforded to them by them. So it's really not that crazy that they chose him over Jesus because they felt like 
this guy could lead a revolution that would give them the power back. Uh, could we liken him to somebody like Che? Or was Che way more? Like, um, sort of like a Leo Tolstoy type figure. Uh, Leo Tolstoy was around in the early days of the Bolshevik Revolution. Um, he was a writer. But he, he was one of these guys that really thought that he needed to be part, kind of like Thomas Paine. Yeah. was another one more people are familiar with that he felt like he needed, wherever there was people that needed to be freed, he had to be there and be, be a part a catalyst, of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Thomas Paine's interesting because he was very significant in the American Revolution and he seemed to be not pleased enough with it, so he went to France and helped start another one. So, uh, but when we look at this, and I really want to get into this, and again, guys, we really wish you guys would email us, call us, text us something. We'd like everybody's opinion on this. But the question at hand, as far as the ministry of Jesus, was, was he political? Well, he never spoke of anything but God's kingdom. He never really addressed the, the Roman Empire. He didn't address the Jewish governors and rulers. He was always concentrated on God's kingdom. And God's kingdom is always in direct opposition of man's kingdom or rule. So we could definitely say Jesus wasn't political. Well, a lot of the evangelical church today, the modern church would argue a vast difference that he was political. So... We're going to mention a few things today that might irritate you, some of you guys a little bit, but I ask that you just think about what we're bringing up, and let's have an honest dialect on it. Uh, so Jesus not being political, I can make an argument that if I don't vote, I'm not doing anything contrary to the teaching of Jesus. Now... Sometimes I vote, sometimes I don't. Uh, but I can make an argument as an ambassador of Christ. I'm a traveler in this land. This is not my home. It's just where I am. And I really don't have the right to speak or say anything unless my king tells me to speak it. If an ambassador is in a foreign land and the president, the premier, the king, whoever sends him, if he starts making deals that weren't authorized by the king, what would happen to him? He'd be recalled quick, correct? So, and I don't want to get into a vast discussion about whether you should vote or not. I think that's a personal choice. I skipped a couple of elections, presidential elections, honestly, because I couldn't vote for either candidate because the lesser of two evils is still evil, and I believe that. But the very dynamic that Jesus wasn't political, I think it's worthy of discussion. I think it's very worthy of discussion. So if he wasn't, okay, a good example. He wasn't political at all. He never spoke any references towards any of the governing authorities. And when he did, it wasn't... How, how can I put this? It wasn't a command for us to partake in whatever they were saying. It wasn't at all. He constantly was dealing with the issues of how we deal with one another as brothers, reaching people for his kingdom and his message, and he pretty much ignored uh, pretty much all the, the powers and the rulers that were at hand. Yeah, no doubt. If we look at, okay, let's let's delve on further. If Jesus was political, why was he accused of being, how could they even accuse him of, of insurrection? He was accused of insurrection. However, people today will make the claim that in, in Romans where Paul says that we have to obey the rulers put in place, People will preach that, that you have to obey the laws of the land. Yeah. Okay, then the question is, what if the laws of the land 
go against the laws of God. So, who are we to... I'll give you a good example. I send support to a couple different ministries that abjectly go against the law of the land. They smuggle Bibles into countries where they're forbidden. They send people in teaching, administering the gospel, and it's against the law. So, am I sinning or going against Jesus' law by giving money to send Bibles into North Korea and into strict Muslim countries that have no that that it's forbidden that that there's a Bible. So how do you answer that question? It's one that's not looked at that often. We go real shallow and whatever fits better to our Western culture or our American lifestyle, that's what we try to preach as gospel. If I'm commanded to reach the whole world with the gospel, how could I be sinning or going against God by helping smuggle Bibles into North Korea? So I, I, I think we have to go to the practicality of exactly what the intent and what Jesus said and, and not take our, uh, our views on our doctrines or our denomination or what the culture's telling us. So I think we've established real quickly Jesus was not political. Yeah, and I think I think uh try to tie this into the Reformation a little. I mean, we all know Martin Luther in that I mean <clears throat> he understood to a great deal that what it meant what he was doing and what he he was meant to turn into was a bit of an outlaw. Um Martin Luther you know, he believed in speaking the truth to not to political powers and religious powers. He said, you know, Christ has instructed us preachers not to withhold the truth from lords, but to exhort and chide them in their injustices, which that's about the extent of our political involvement is to speak up when something's going wrong, it seems. And you can see and you can follow church history and the church fathers and then even like I said on the Reformation and the Great Awakening in America and see that these guys kind of found their little place in between not being political but also not just sitting back and letting everything go to hell that's true and and if we don't if we don't truly look at if we don't take an objective view of things and really examine them, that then we have results like this. And that, man, it's not far past the holidays. And I sent out, or we put on our uh, ministry page a quick, uh, a quick little teaching, and I titled it "From Peace on Earth to Bomb Them to Hell." So we go into the holiday season, and we're all saying "Peace on Earth" and "Goodwill to Men." And then all of a sudden, we blow somebody up in another country because he's a bad guy, he's a terrorist, he's a this or that. And it seemed that the majority of even the church, man, was like, oh, man, that's awesome. We got this guy. And my question was, is how did we go so quickly from peace on earth and goodwill towards all men to bomb them all to hell and make an ashtray over there? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just kind of amazing, and if people would, and if and if people would actually, you know, pick up and read their Bible, they'll find that um, most of the, most of the time, I mean, not even most of the time, all the time, it seems like God is apolitical, and political systems are kind of like uh, illegitimate and meaningless, and it, you can watch that a lot of the time you see questions brought forth to Jesus by the Pharisees and by the, the Herodians. And for the most part, he just seen their questions as irrelevant, immaterial, and he refused to be pulled into ir- irrelevant political debates. It's not what he was here for. Absolutely not. It just it just seemed like he it was a, kind of a waste of his time is how it come off to him a little bit. Really it did. And, and not, you know, when we look at this, 
I believe that we ought to just absolutely be 100% truthful. The, from the Crusades, we can go on and on and on and on. Some of the most horrible things ever to happen in history have been directed by uh, making it a righteous battle. And, you, you know, think about this. It was considered... So many of the people that would go and find new lands, they act actually were like, we're doing these uncivilized people a favor by bringing civilization to them and by making them better than they already were. And we can look back and we can go very quickly, wow, were the uh, Aztecs better after we came and civilized them? I, I, I wish I would have pulled the, the stats up for that. You know, the Aztecs, I it, you, you wouldn't even believe the percentage. Like, by the time, from the time the Spanish first landed in America, and then by the time, then fast forward till that we actually colonized things over here, it was something, like, a huge percentage were just, there was no natives anymore. Same with the mines. But just from diseases and then uh forced conversions i mean so many people died and i mean slavery of the rape robbing pillaging <laughs> it's just all with the banner of the church you know flying in the forefront of the battle and and we do you know guys be honest with you we we all especially in our modern times today we think we're helping somebody out by modernizing them. However, we can look at these indigenous people in places that haven't changed much since their, their beginning, and they seem happier, actually, than, than we are. You know, one of the things that we struggle so desperately with is a true community. Well, you have people living in, 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 in tribes all over the world, small bands of them, not that many left, but they actually live in community. Yeah. And, and they have a common respect for one another and for life and for, for the people that are connected to them. And, man, we struggle with that in, in our culture today. Now, but if we're living true faith, okay, if we're living true faith, then... Are we willing to to have the kill, I mean, convert or kill mentality? I'm not, but yet that's almost where we're at with with Muslims in the world. You know, you take the attitude, uh, just the the popcorn culture that we have, uh, and man, that that's what it looks like to us. Oh, they're nothing but a bunch of Muslims anyway. Let's turn them into an ashtray. Yet, who created those guys? And I'm not taking up for terrorists. And I have people all the time go, oh, man, you're taking up for terrorists. No, I'm not. But what about what about all the innocent people that get killed when we just hurl bombs into into places? What about, what about kids? What about... Okay, let's go even deeper. If this guy that you're after or these people that you're after... If you truly believe in Jesus, you believe there's heaven and there's a hell. So are you comfortable with sending just thousands of people to hell? I mean, we should actually be sending missionaries instead of bombs, Bibles instead of troops. Uh, and, and my question is, is why is that so foreign to our culture today? You know how you create more terrorists? Keep blowing up people's villages. You're creating martyrs. You're making martyrs. I mean, I just read it. I think it was, I don't, I, I don't want to misquote. It might have been a New York Times article or something like that that said, you know, the, like the title or something like, we gave Iran what it wanted, a, a martyr, which we've been doing, but it's not, that's nothing new. I mean, the Soleimani guy is just one in a million that that ideology and what we're trying to fight over there feeds off exactly what we're doing to it. It does. You blow it up, and then 
and then even take take the is is take the Islamic side out of it. If someone blew up my house, and I know who did it, and I knew there was a group of guys fighting it, whoever did it, like you're gonna, if someone blew up your house, you would be pretty mad too. Oh, absolutely. And think about this: what if Mexico decided they were really mad at us and they blew up something in? san antonio or houston to prove their point we would be so outraged that uh man we'd be ready to go to war in a heartbeat and yet we do that all over the world all the time so one of the first points when we're looking at the the whole ministry and meaning of jesus is there's some things that if you're really a believer and I think this goes totally in with us looking at from the Reformation going forward, but there's some points that if you're truly a follower of Christ, there's some things that you cannot partake in and you cannot condone. And one of them is uh, we should never condone killing. Never. Under any circumstance. We can't use force to turn people into a better country. Mm-mm. Now, it, okay, so, well, I'm this hippie war protester. No. If someone attacks us, truly attacks us, and, and if we have to defend the United States against foreign invaders, you know, it's different. But there's nobody from Afghanistan attacking Texas that I know of. Uh and we can't just blanket these things and say it's okay because, man, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is against killing. Uh, all killing. John Prine, the great uh, political... We'll uh, we don't have to let everybody in if they don't know who John Prine is. We'll say yeah. the great political commentator, John Prine, said, Jesus don't like killing no matter what's the reason for. Absolutely. And, and why is that so absent, absent in our modern Christian culture? Uh, we can't use force to make people convert. Killing is never the option for us as a believer. And yet today, if you speak that out, pretty much, man, you're ostracized in the modern church community. Uh, people get mad, man. And, and what's sad, and we had some volunteers helping today at the at the at the mission and you know i told these guys the story and this happened man it happened at one of our bible studies there was a guy said i have a solution for the border this is before bible study started put a sniper up there a thousand yard shot some of them can shoot further than that and anybody gets close to the border shoot them and you know the first thing I did was say, hey, look at this picture of this little boy that his parents were deported. He's living with people he doesn't know. He eats at the mission every day with his neighbor. He has no one. He's done nothing to no one. And he's one of the sweetest little kids you'll ever meet in your life. I said, okay, so tell me you could shoot this kid. Well, at that moment, it became personal to the brother. It became personal. So it's the, It's always reverting back to the human factor and issues like that it's same thing people want, i mean like health care is another big one it's like well you don't have a right to health care and yeah okay i get that part of it but you can preach from that pulpit until you don't have the money to pay for your cancer treatment absolutely it's i mean once when you're when you're that removed from an issue, like most people are with the with the crisis on the border, it's easy to go, oh, we can just shoot the people that are trying to cross. But when you live closer to the border and these issues bleed over into your daily life, like at the mission where people that are illegal come and eat because they're trying to get started, they don't have any money, they can eat for free before they go to work, or with host, with this little kid, he doesn't have anyone else if we didn't have the mission he wouldn't be eating when you see those issues face to face it's a little harder to be one of these people that say oh we can just shoot everybody trying to cross the border it is and i shared that i shared with the volunteers today 
because this kid was actually at the mission. He is every day. But And when they saw him, they're like, my God, his parents got deported. And I said, yes. So what's he do? By the grace of God, he stays with the neighbors. We help him. And he's legal. He's legal, but he has nobody. Yeah. And he's six. And, and immigration swooped in here, picks him up, and takes him to Houston for five hours. He had to be horrified. And they ended up bringing him back. Uh, so imagine you're, if you've been, had a six year old, if you've got kids, somebody just, you're gone, can't never come back, your kid's abandoned, and then he gets pulled out of the people he's staying with, taken, I don't know what they did to him for five or six hours. They did bring him back by the grace of God. People that he's living with didn't know where he went. No. They just, they said, hey, we need the kid. It, so it does personalize it. It, it does. And, you know, but this, even things like this, unless people actually engage it, it's real easy to go, oh, yeah, well, you know, we need to do whatever to protect our border. Well, you know what? I don't see Jesus saying any time ever, hey, those people from that region over there, do not let them come into the to the church. Okay, a good example. I like flowing podcasts. Jesus engaged the woman at the well in Samaria. Even the disciples did not want to go through Samaria. Why? Because the Jews hated the Samaritans. They were racist. They didn't like them. (laughs) And Jesus went ahead and sent them ahead. And what did he do? He went straight into Samaria and personally dealt with the woman at the well that had a very checkered past and he showed her the kingdom even the disciples at that point did not want to go through Samaria and now that you mention that I remember there's a verse in Mark it's I think Mark 9 38 where the guys the disciples come up to Jesus and they're like oh my god we've, we've run up on these guys that were casting demons out and they they were just so freaked out. And Jesus is like, well, what'd you do? And they were like, we stopped him. And Jesus is like, why? If they're not against us, they're for us. Is yeah. exactly what Jesus and, said. But that was one of the greatest lessons in the Bible toward, hey, mind your business. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, don't come. Like, Jesus literally was like, dude, like, really, they weren't doing nothing. No, and, and when we get down and as we go through this, we're going to make a few points and and number them or don't. But I'm, I'm going to start with the first thing I've listed in this that the things that true followers of Christ can cannot do. The first of all is be fake. If you follow Jesus, you must follow Jesus. Okay. How does that apply? Jesus would not advocate for war. You shouldn't advocate for war. Okay? A lot of people say, well, you don't support our troops. I would say I support the troops probably more than most nominal people do because I pray every day that not another American life nor Middle Eastern life has to be lost in this useless battle. I've, one of my friends, my one of my best friends, is a lifelong Navy corpsman. I pray for him every day. I pray that war cease and peace on earth becomes a reality. It, and it would seem that if you're one of these people that are advocating to bring the guys home from the Middle East, that you're actually more supportive of the troops than the people that want to keep them over there for the next 20 years? Absolutely. But why does it seem that that we get so excited that, oh, wow, we got another chance to spend another... I don't even know what we spend on bombs, but, uh, okay, let's tie this in to flowing podcast. I don't have health insurance. However, I am blessed... With my job that I make enough money that I can go to the doctor and I can get basic health care. Uh, by the grace of God, I don't have cancer or any of that stuff that would bankrupt me. But 
I'll ask you this question. Would it be more productive of us as a nation that we didn't spend all these billions and billions and billions of dollars making war? And let's make it to where everybody in our country has access to health care. I, I, what is it? I think the number this year was $927 billion was allocated. No, maybe. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Somewhere between seven hundred and nine hundred billion dollars, I think, is what it was, was allocated to the defense spending this year, and that's kind of like what we're talking about here. It's like there's like, and I'm not, I'm not pro. Let's just not have a defense budget. It's just, it's we don't live in a utopia. It's still a bad world out there. But we don't have to be over there policing another country. We don't have to be. There's so much that we just waste that we could cut and then use for stuff here that we need to use it for. And whether, I mean, it doesn't matter where you fall on the, oh, I don't want, I'm not a communist. I want this. Blah, blah. It doesn't matter. If you can look me in the face and say that we don't waste money as a as a, the United States government doesn't waste money that in any form like because and a lot of the waste you can say well we do like we have bankrupt government programs and stuff like that granted st- that takes up small amount of the budget two biggest part of the budget Defense spending, Social Security. Two places that we could really do some reforming and then be able to afford, be able to push for things like more health care for people, solving the homeless crisis, solving the opioid crisis. A hun- it was, mental health crisis. It was something like 500,000 people in t- 2019, every given night, were spending the night on the street for one reason or another. It's, I mean, it's completely insane. It is insane, and a lot of it is it goes to mental health. Uh, we were talking about that again today with the people helping at the mission. There is a mental health crisis in this nation. Now, I can tell you that I think it's a spiritual crisis because it is. But how can we spend all these? Here's what we love to spend our money on we love to build prisons. We love building prisons, man. And we love making war. And there's a solution to both of those. Now, I'm not saying we'll never have war. And, you know, I think there's a point when the kingdom manifests in full on this earth, we'll have no more war. But why do we want to spend so much of our time, effort, and energy on making war and locking people up? What good does it do? Do you guys realize that we have more people locked up than any other nation in the world, especially modern nation. We love locking people up. Yeah. Love building prisons, man. And, uh, and I, this isn't, this is just a funny thing. I, I read somewhere. It was that the biggest contributor to anti, um, Marijuana, legislate like keeping marijuana illegal, is the prison guard union. Sure, <laughs> because if it was wherever you fall on that, this is just an apolitical statement. Wherever you fall on that, if it's legal, less people are being put in jail for a nonviolent crime. Sure, if it's illegal, the prison stills. There's constantly people coming in for drug crimes. The prison guard union, they they we can't put those guys out of a job, so we have to keep people in the prison system. And I really think, as a as believers, I believe that we should we should challenge these notions. I believe that we should look at what's going on, from immigration to lack of health care, to the incarceration rate that we have in this country to the proclivities that we have to want to be at war all the time 
We literally have leaders that have never met a war that they did not fall in love with. And these same guys always say, you know, oh, yeah, Jesus, man, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is the way. Yet they seem to have never took any consideration for what he said or what he did. And, and it does go all the way back to the times of the Reformation. Even, even before uh, the Crusades, we decided that we could go wipe out and kill everybody that would not convert. And I don't even know the numbers of people that died during the Crusades. It's, it's massive. However, what we did was we created or helped permeate a religion that felt the same way. So they felt like they could annihilate and wipe us out. We felt like the church at the time was bound and determined to take them off the face of the earth. And all we did was kill a bunch of people. And I just can't figure any way, rhyme, or reason that we can justify that in the name of Jesus. So all these issues that are that are such uh, in our face today with all the media, if we look at the very core of what Jesus said on the matter, we can find a solution. So I'll ask you guys this. Okay, we breached immigration a little bit. What would Jesus say about a person that there was a way to alleviate pain or suffering through them from health care? Would Jesus say he doesn't have any health insurance, so just let him die? There's no way. And in the richest nation that's ever existed on the face of the earth, why do we have that problem? Well, the root is we don't have community. Because if we truly had community, we would go, hey, whatever it takes, if we can help this person, we're going to help this person. Instead, we've taken the stand, well, if you don't have health insurance, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. If we could, and nobody says this, nobody, not a politician anywhere. If we simply interjected common sense into the healthcare industry, we could solve the problem. First thing we need to do is get rid totally of the insurance companies. They're a big part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But why, why can I go pay for something and it costs $25, yet if I have health insurance, it costs $125? Yeah, and something that a lot of people don't know, I was talking to a coworker about yesterday, is that... And this is what happens when you let, uh, when you let. I mean, I don't. I don't know how these guys get away with stuff like this, but I think it's Medicare, Medicaid. You know, a lot of the like the government programs like that. They're not allowed to negotiate pharmaceutical prices with pharmaceutical companies. So the pharmaceutical company can charge the government literally whatever it wants it's in the bill like someone was like no one to catch me because no one reads this stuff and i'm (laughs) i'm gonna no the you can't negotiate with me so what does that do it drives the market price of prescriptions through the roof because one of the biggest insurance insurers the government can't even negotiate prices so they're paying whatever they have to get, and then people are getting their medicine, but it's driving people that pay their try to pay their self. They can't afford. They can't just pay. They have to be able to negotiate a price. Yeah. And there's so many things like that. And then none of us can buy. I mean, like your insulin. Luckily, Walmart has worked out a deal to where it's cheaper. But some, if you had a different type of diabetes or something like well, that. Well, no, the, the insulin I'm actually prescribed and supposed to take would cost me $750 a month. Walmart has created, and I, hey, I'm, we could go forever, whether Walmart's good or bad. Walmart has made it to where I can buy a long-lasting insulin, not the one I've been prescribed, but one that works for $25 a bottle instead of 750 
But let's take this back to our culture. Why do we have this? Would Jesus go, hey, you know, man, we got a picture today that people made Jesus to be this guy that's about nothing but money and power, and he was totally the opposite. Do you think Jesus would deny somebody something that would help them with their health because they didn't have enough money or they didn't have health insurance? That, that's the questions we have to ask. And then we can go further into the debate and say, hey, if we just went back to where we took out the insurance companies, the, the greedy people that, that are owning hospitals, and if we took all the greed out of it, you could still have doctors making a good wage, people could receive health care, and uh, the church would actually make sure that people that were destitute would be able to receive medical care. But we've moved so far away from that until that's why we're asking these questions. And that, and, and you ahead. do and good things do happen. Like you do have I mean, I read where like GoFundMe's like the biggest insurer in the whole United States. Because so many people get their medical bills paid through crowdsourcing like that. Yeah. Like getting friends and, and that's what we're that's, that's a, actually what we're supposed that's to like a good thing you know but they still shouldn't have to be paying what they're paying to get medical care in the first place like they shouldn't like have to like it could be a little more affordable but and there are good things St. Vincent's and here in Galveston more things like that would be phenomenal it's a small kind of pay I think like if you have money, you can pay what you can. Yes. And then if you don't have money, they just see you anyway. They'll see you anyway. And stuff like that, we need more of. And hey, bless those guys. They're they're good, really good people for what they do. And I'm all for more of that. Oh, me too. And, and, and it's just like another of the points that that we pin down and and we're teaching is another thing. Okay, we can be fake. We, we need to live our faith, and we need to see what Jesus said, too. We should never advocate for death, war, any type killing. It, it's just totally in opposition to Jesus. Another one, we can't let people starve to death. Now, this one gets really uh, complicated. We, we do have people in this country that are hungry. A lot more than you would think. Some of them put themselves in that position. I agree with you. Our goal is to try to help them see they put themselves in that position and help them get out of it. However, we're not going to deny them food while they're getting out of that uh, that predicament. But we have people all over the world that are in such abject poverty that they're starving to death. And, and I found this quote, man, that, that Gandhi said. And I know I can say that. A lot of you go, oh, here we go again. You know, quoting a false prophet. But listen to what he said. Gandhi said, there are people so poor and destitute in this world, the only way God can appear to them is in a piece of bread. That sounds like something Jesus would say. Does it not? Did y'all hear me? So poor, so hungry, so destitute. The only way they could ever see any image of God is in a piece of bread, man, to feed them. Now, when you think about that, a lot of people don't realize there's that much lack out there. I can tell you today, we had some volunteers, and all these people are from good, not knocking anybody for being successful. I believe that we should be successful, but from good incomes, good stable, they were in abject shock about things like the kids that their parents have been deported and people that are so hungry, man. Well, you hear about stuff like that on the news, and you're and unless you see it, you kind of go, I forget, we have what, it's like, we have empathy fatigue almost. 
where we get so much forced, like so much like things on the news. Oh my God, that's terrible. Oh my God, this is terrible. That we just kind of like forget that that's actually happening. Like it is terrible, but not only is you just get like a 30 second news flash. And if we change the channel, it's happening. But if we change the channel, it goes away. Yeah, you're right. But when you're engaging it, you turn it off of the news and back to Chrisley knows best and everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And, and so when people actually have to engage it, it changes their perspective. It's real easy to drive around the poverty, the addiction, the, the crime, the, you know, a, a big issue we deal with down here, man, is, is prostitution, man. Okay, so a girl, for whatever reason, or a woman, leaves wherever she was. Uh, a lot of times it's escaping abuse or sometimes it's mental health issues. They're in the street. They're hungry. They need to be able to take care of themselves. Uh, how can we sit there and label them as just human garbage when they're doing the only thing they know how to do to take care of themselves. Again, did Jesus pass judgment on the woman that was caught butt naked in the act of adultery in Scripture? They brought her to her sweaty and naked, man. We caught her in the act, which I personally believe they set her up to be caught in the act. However, what did he say to her? Did he judge her? Did he hammer? No, he 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 told her to hey, go and send no more. Stop this lifestyle. You know, Scripture says all the things that Jesus did, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. How do we know that he didn't have some of the disciples bring her to the early church and they helped her and showed her that there's another way to exist other than that? But we're so quick to condemn. I'm not saying that we have to go, oh, it's okay. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. It's okay for her to do that. No, it's against God's laws and what God wants us to do. But however, do we ever think about what got her to that point? Pretty much not. Just old dirty prostitute. That's somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, you know. uh, And even beyond that, a creation of God. So are we not obligated to try to help? We are. But it's way easier to drive around those things. You know, you can pretty much, in Houston, you can stay on the right roads and you can avoid pretty much all of that you don't want to see. Uh, you know you don't want to drive down in this neighborhood, man, because there's so many homeless and there's this and there's that and the addiction's rampant and there's all this crime in the street. But if we don't deal with it with a kingdom point of view, it's coming to you. It's not stopping. And, and I believe with all my heart that we have the power to create change on this earth. If we press forward with the true teaching and kingdom principles that Jesus taught. Goes back again. We got to be real. Don't go out and protest an abortion clinic and call somebody a sinner and a whore and a killer for having an abortion if you're not willing to help her have a place to go where she can have the baby, where she can adoption. It's hypocritical to take these stands against problems without being willing to be a part of the solution. And it's the same with hunger. It's also the same with this whole medical care issue. If you're not willing to go, wow, this is messed up. I want to help change it. Then, then don't get in the debate. Mm. And, uh, I think if more of us took that view, we could see change. I really believe that we see it in people at the mission. Now, do we sit in everybody? No. The, the people who are willing to change, uh, man, they're far less than, I mean, it, it's not that great a number, but every time we affect one life, we have no idea how many lives that they're going to affect. So I think if we look at going back to the pure ministry of Jesus, 
we can start seeing how we can heal, bring healing and restoration to our land. Uh, and and it, the whole thing we're looking at today was Jesus political. Because today, if you were from a foreign land and you looked at a lot of the stuff that's on social media and just the pop culture that's out there, your picture of Jesus would be this muscled up guy like Rambo that was wrapped in an American flag, had a AR in one hand and a, a missile in the other going to conquer the world. That's not what Jesus was. That's the perception that we're putting forward today. Or that Jesus was this ultra-rich capitalist, uh, capitalistic billionaire that could fix all the world's problems. And, you know, what's crazy is we've got that to a point to where it was just a couple weeks ago, there was actually a congressman that made statements that Trump was more persecuted today by the left than Jesus was by the Romans. Well, that's an insane statement. But if you look at all the buzz that's going today, uh, I see how he made the statement. And we have to remember this. The kingdom of God heals the sick, feeds the hungry, clothes the naked, helps people get a leg up, a hand up instead of a hand out. And governments choose buying weapons and 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 injecting power over everybody to bring them into submission. That's two vastly different approaches to humanity. The last one we'll touch real quick, and we're going to go into all these much more. There's probably going to be a part three to this one. Another thing that somebody who's truly a follower of Christ can never do is hate you can't hate somebody just because they were born in another country and they're coming into your country illegally you can't hate somebody because they were born in another faith and religion and that's all they ever knew because they're not a christian you can't hate them we literally have people walking around today that profess the name of christ that have a hatred towards people that they really don't know. They've, they've never had interaction with them, and, uh, but they just hate them. Think about this. Everybody listening, what would be different if you were born in Central America or Mexico for your life? What would be different? Would you not want to do the best that you could do for your family that's hungry and impoverished? Would you not take that track to go to a place where you can make more money to send money back to your family to help them? Or would you go, no, it's violating the law of the land, so I'm just going to sit here and let my family starve to death? Ask that question. How personal is it to you? What if you were born in Yemen? What's the chance that you were born Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal or you're not? You're born what? Nothing. Or some variation of practicing Islam. So how can you hate somebody that that's how they were born? That's what they were born into. And it's our job to convince them that there's a better way of life. But can we convince them that there's a better way? If we don't live it, yeah, it's just like it's, it, and it's just like G.K. Chesterton said. He said the Christian has ideal has not been tried and found wanting; has been found difficult and left untried. That's powerful. It is difficult. It's like us trying to build community in the hood where we're at. Lots of disappointments. However. There are people that are grabbing a hold of it. We've got a guy at the mission that lives there that since we started really this study and, and pursued and teaching what true grace is, man, this guy has been ignited and 
he's teaching Bible studies and he went from having anger issues to having a massive amount of compassion with people. And it's a blessing to watch, but it's nothing that we did. It's actually just teaching what Jesus taught and someone grasping an understanding of it. We as believers are obligated to live and teach the principles that Jesus taught. Answer the question, was Jesus political? Let's even get more personal. Was Jesus a Republican? A conservative Republican? Oh, no, 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 no. There's even better. Have you seen the new the new uh, political ads? I don't know what, like... You remember when Mays Middleton ran down here? I think that guy's a pretty good guy. I do too. He ran as a conservative Republican, but he was kind of like a libertarian independent. Yeah. There's a guy running for, I, I want to say, state rep down here. His deal is he's not a Republican. He's a Trump conservative. Is that, an, is that a new political party? Maybe it's a new political party. <laughs> but was Jesus a Trump conservative? I don't think so. But he also wasn't a crazy uh, communistic liberal. He was neither. Apolitical. He was apolitical. And his whole mission was to save and heal humanity and to build a kingdom to where everybody was equal and uh, everybody brought glory to God in everything they did. So... I really would like you guys that listen, one, share it. I don't care if you disagree, share it anyway. We want dialogue dialogue with people. Uh, we engage in dialogue with different groups all the time. If you do agree, share it. But also, we'd like to know how you feel. I mean, we're getting to a point with a podcast where we're going to start having some guests. Uh, we've got a guy that's a really brilliant professor, uh, historian, real interesting guy that's actually an atheist that we want to get on the podcast because I would like to know why as educated as he is. He also has a seminary degree, why he doesn't believe in God. And I don't, I'm not angry at him. I want to know why he doesn't believe that. And I think it would educate us more on how we're missing the point if we knew why he didn't believe. We're going to try to get some people of different faiths that we can sit down with. We're already talking to some now, but we want to be able to get to a point where we can come in and say, hey guys, would you come on the podcast? And we just want to get to know you better. We want to know why you feel this way. Um, so we really ask you, please, man, if you if you have a comment or a question, I'm just going to give you all the ways and details how to get it into us. Uh, again, I, I escaped from social media, and I won't be going back to it because it really delivered me from a lot of aggravation. But uh, we would really like your input. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> uh, I, I think by now most of the people know how to get a hold of us and stuff like that. Um, as always, the Facebook page is probably the best way to go. And, uh, the blog has contact, um, a contact, I guess, section on there where you can send in any questions or co comments or concerns, or even if, uh, at some, I think we can actually, we may be able to have some, if you send something in and you want us to read it, send it in. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Like, I mean, we really, really want people engaged in this thing. Um, but a big thing I wanted to get out today was that reviews on Apple Podcasts are huge for us. Um, it's how the show gets out there more. Um, it's how it climbs the charts. It's how, I mean, it just looks good and it's better. And it's one of the best ways to support us. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe. That way, you know, as soon as it's new episode comes out it's automatically downloaded to your your podcast app uh of course download it where you're not listening to it riding around on data and then review give us a review 
hey, if you if you think we suck, let us know. Like, yeah, really. Uh, I mean, but we would like positive reviews. But if you have something, if you got something to say, let it out. You know, well, even if we make you so angry that we made you so angry, give us a review, man. These guys, I've given them four or five stars because. I vehemently disagree with what they're saying. That still means you engaged. Yeah, but the podcast sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that like I'm really gonna start pushing. Like we really would like if if you're a listener and if you're somebody that listens regularly, or if you're just uh, hey, if by chance someone hey said hey, check these guys' podcast out, just leave us a review. I mean, that's all I ask. Just hey, a review. And then hop on the Facebook page, maybe some comments every once in a while. And uh, we're working on getting these things out quicker. Um, this is the, actually the first time we're recording on some of the new equipment we've invested in, in the podcast. So it should sound a little better. Um, working, you know, always working on increasing the quality of the podcast, getting more blogs out there, uh, um, sharing any thoughts we have on the Facebook page. And this thing's it's just going to do nothing but grow from here. And we're excited that uh, you're all along with us in this journey. And uh, you got anything else to say? That's it, man. You're good to go? Yes, sir. Well, um, other than that, I think that's all we had to say today. And uh, be watching for this one to come out. And then uh, updates on the next one. So uh, we'll sign off here. And uh, everyone... Have a great rest of your weekend. If you're listening to this on the download, have a good day wherever you are.